Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. One more time, happy Mother's Day to you today. Thank you so much uh, for being here today. I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12. I will just give you, I will just tell you, I don't know how this will work for this 11 o'clock service, but I will tell you, and maybe this will give you hopes, uh, but... um, What is that noise? Okay. Whatever. So, uh, I don't know, but uh, I, I got done pretty quick uh, this morning in the 9 o'clock service. So that could either be good or bad for you guys. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. But 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12. I want to read this. If anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, costly stones, I'd like to put a slash there, or wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become obvious for the day. Now, if I was an underliner or a circler or a highlighter and I had an actual Bible in my hand, or if I was taking notes on my phone, I would make sure I made a big deal about for the day. Because there is coming a day for the children of God. Now, I'm not talking about lost people, but saved people. There is coming a day where we will stand before God and God will judge our works, what we done, and why we done it. Now, that little why we done it thing is a big deal to me. Because I'll be honest with you, I've done a lot of good things for the wrong reasons. Y'all don't want to be honest today. I will. I have done a lot of good things with the wrong motives. I mean, what I mean by that is I've done something just because. I had to. I felt obligated to. So I've done it. Well, that's not a work that's going to make it when you stand before God. And he says that there's... There's, there's a, there, there, each one's work will become obvious. It will be obvious because the eyes of our Father are going to pierce through all the motives. And for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire. The fire will test the quality, and I'll stop here, of each one's work. Now, notice uh, that it, it says... It, it, it has two, three, six elements, three combustible, and three that aren't. What you do for God with the right motives for the right cause is what's going to last in eternity. What you do for the kingdom of God is what's going to make the difference. I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Now, verse 8 is my favorite verse. For we are not, for uh, we are saved by grace through faith, not of our works, lest any man should boast, for it's the gift of God. We ought to brag on God, not us. And then the next verse talks about, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good work which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. So, so listen to what it says. For we are His workmanship, His handiwork, His art piece, His creation. We are His workmanship created to do what? Good works. I remember when Abrielle, she's my daughter, she's 10 years old. She doesn't do this as much anymore, but she used to draw us pictures you know how your kids do, right? They draw you a picture and they would give it to you, hand it to you, and say, you know, be very thankful for uh, 
just whatever. They just seem like it just they love to do that. Uh, when I preach, and after I get done preaching, a lot of times, the kids will come up, uh, not every week, but some weeks, and they'll be drew me something. The last picture I got, I, I like it. It looks like I'm drowning someone in a pond. And underneath it says, you're our favorite preacher. That was baptism Sunday. My pastor told me that I served under for 10 years. He told me that um, you better keep those pictures because there's going to come a time where you're going to need to look at them and encourage yourself in the Lord because there's going to be a time when there ain't nobody drawing you no pictures. There ain't nobody bragging on you or patting you on the back or thinking you preached a good message. He said, so you'll need those pictures to look back on. And he was a prophet because I've had to look back at those pictures sometimes. Well, and encourage myself in the Lord. Something about that, I don't know, Mother's Day, they may, don't get your hopes up moms, but they may be doing something upstairs, probably making something for moms or something. I don't know. And they're going to bring you, give you something when you get out of here today. Maybe, maybe not. I don't have any idea. But you know what I'm talking about. They just love to do that sort of thing, don't, don't they? Almost like they're made to make. Made to make. And that's what I want. What's going on with this up here? Do y'all know? It, it should, it's real blurry. Maybe we could get someone to take a look at it. But anyway, made to make. And that's what the scripture says in um, Ephesians chapter 2. Look what it says, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, made to do good work, to make. You are made to make. If you are a child of God, you are made to make. You are created to do good works. What are some of the good works? What, 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 what are we made to make? What are we made to make? Here's my first thought. Hear me out now. We're made to make some noise. We are made to make some noise. What do you mean, pastor? The hundredth Psalm tells us, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. The hundredth Psalm, put it up there. The hundredth Psalm, we are made to make a joyful noise. This version says, let the whole earth shout triumphantly to God. Serve the Lord with gladness. Uh, come before Him with joyful songs. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us. There it is again. And we are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and enter into His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and bless His name. What am I trying to tell you this morning? I'm trying to tell you if you've been blood bought, if you've been washed under the blood of Jesus, if you're redeemed, if you're saved, if you've been snatched out of darkness into His marvelous light, you ought to be making some noise for the Lord. You say, oh, no, 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 pastor, you don't know. Now, you said this is a Jesus church, and, and you're open to all types of people, and you would be correct, and all types of denominational backgrounds, and you would perceive that to be true. But I'm not reading out of a Baptist, Baptist Bible today, or a Pentecostal Bible today, or a Methodist, or an Episcopal, or a Lutheran. I'm reading out of the Holy Bible today. And if you're saved, no matter what your background is, you want to give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Now you say, Pastor, you're too emotional. Uh, you might be correct. But we are to engage the Lord with excitement. Yeah. 
Did you read the hundredth Psalm that I just read? Did you hear all about it? Shout with a shout of like you're a winner and you know it. That's what it means. Shout with a voice of triumph. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Uh, Listen to me just for a second. We've got to engage in worship with excitement. You cannot worship the Lord without your emotions. You can't. You cannot. God gave you emotions. He did. He wired you. He created you. And he put a place in you to be emotional. You are to use, some of y'all use those emotions for things that aren't pleasing to God. So you need to take your emotions and line them up with God's will and God's Word. See, some people say, Pastor, you shouldn't get so emotional. And I say, you shouldn't be so unemotional. (laughs) See, you cannot, you cannot worship God merely by mental exercise. What am I doing right now? I worshiped God just then in my, in my mind. Oh, you don't know I was doing cartwheels in my mind. Let me tell you something. Let me, let me tell you something. No, 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 no. No, worship is all that we are responding to all that God is. Let me say that again. Worship is, is taking all that we are and responding to all that God is. Is. So sometimes that's going to look different from day to day, but I'm going to take all of the, all that I am and pour it out on the feet of Jesus. My goal today, but not just when I'm here at church, the goal of my life every day is to when I lay my head down, my cup be empty. That I have poured out everything that I am onto the feet of of Jesus. You say, oh no, pastor, you don't want to get empty. Oh yes, I do. I want to get myself empty of myself. I want to get myself empty of worship, empty of praise, empty of love. Why? Because I serve a God who will fill me back up again and I'll do it all over again. It's not enough for God's love just to flow to me, but to flow through me. I want to give it all to God. Worship is all that we are responding to all that he is. So we've got to be a people that makes noise. Made to make. Made to make noise. Here's number two. Make time. We've got to make time. You know, James chapter four says that our time, Brother Musgrove, is like a vapor. Here today and gone tomorrow. Like the fog in the morning. Have you ever noticed that? You come across, when I come to the office during the week, some mornings it'll be a little foggy at the house. But friend, when you something about getting past the state patrol office, I'm talking about it seems like the fog just is, I guess it has something to do with the swamp and the water and all that. But it's just... I, I thought, I, I, one day I remember getting to the church, couldn't even see the church until you got up on it. It was so foggy that day. I thought, well, this is the end. Something is happening right now that cannot be explained. The fog, we thought it was COVID. It's the fog. It's going to take us out. But you know what? Just about 10, 15 minutes later, Jordan, the fog was gone. And if no one had ever seen fog, I wouldn't have been able to tell them. You wouldn't believe what was just going on 15 minutes ago. That's exactly how life is. Here today, gone tomorrow. You best make the most out of your time. Today, Holly and the children came to the early service as 
Holly got the, uh, prepared the strawberries and all that stuff for the moms today. And Judah uh, got away from her, which is pretty amazing in itself. And he runs, and I think part of it was because he was like, who are these people, you know? Let me find somebody that I know. And he runs up to me, and I grab him, and he's so happy to see me. And a lot of times he doesn't pay me any attention. And he grabs hold of me, and he looks at me, and I'm looking at him. And I'm, I said, man, did you enjoy breakfast? Of course, now, let me help you understand, he's, he does, he, he's two. And I, what? How old? Two and a half. So he really didn't know what I was saying. I said, did you enjoy breakfast? And he's looking at me, you know. I said, well, you must have because you got oatmeal over here by your eyes. He had <laughs> breakfast all over his face. And uh, he grabbed me. And a lot of times when you hold him, he thinks he's holding you. <laughs> and in fact, that's what he'll say. He'll say, hold you. Hold you. Say, yeah, I'll hold yeah, hold me. <laughs> but here's the here's thing. As I was looking at it today, I was thinking about this thing. I was like, you know, how many moments do I miss with him patting me on the back? That's what I was going to tell you. When he, when he holds me, he'll pat you on the back. <laughs> how many moments have I missed and friend, I'm telling you, you better make time. And I'll tell you, time more important than even missing of, of time with your family and with your kids is time with the Lord. How many moments have you missed? You know, something God's been dealing with me lately is about not missing Him in the moment. Because see, I'm a big event guy. Oh, man. I love for the next thing. The next big thing. And the Lord's trying to get me to slow down and say, what about just next, like the next moment? Because see, God, we acknowledge God in church like this. We acknowledge His presence. And so He does great things. But can I, can I tell you that God is, wants to do great things, not just when you're at church, but when you're on your job and when you're with your family at the house? When you wake up in the morning, when you lay down to go to bed, if you would just acknowledge that he is the master in the moment. You got to make time. And let me tell you how to really make right time. Make him first. Don't give him the last part of your day. Give him the first part of your day. You've got to make him first. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says it really simply. Seek first the kingdom of God. You've got to make time, Robbie, and you've got to make him first. The Bible says he is a jealous God, that he wants all of you, and he wants to be first in your life. You've got to make him first. And here's the thing, if you'll make him first, he'll take care of the rest of it, all of it. And all these things will be provided for you. So we've got to make some noise. We're to make time. And we are made to make him famous. Am I talking to any church people? That's what I was scared of. Am I talking to any saved people? <laughs> that was a good one. Um, you remember the woman at the well? John chapter 4. I, one of my favorite encounters with Jesus. Jesus tells his disciples, we must go through Samaria. Got to. Got to. Why? Because there was a woman there that was an outcast who was ashamed of her past. And the community in which she was lived in, she was looked down on. 
So much so that she wouldn't go get water at the well when all the other ladies went to get water. The Bible says she went in the heat of the day, noon. Women would go in the morning or in the evening, but nobody went at noon. Well, Jesus knew this lady would be at that well. He sent his disciples on. He's waiting at the well, resting when this woman comes up. And he tells the woman, he said, fix me something to drink, would you? Would you give me some water? And she said to him, why are you talking to me? Don't you know that I'm a Samaritan? See, there was a cultural difference in racism and, 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 and just hatred between Jews and Samaritans at, at this time in history. So uh, you didn't, a Jew didn't talk to a Samaritan and a Samaritan didn't talk to a Jew. They avoided each other. But Jesus didn't come to fit in. He came to break the mold. You see, so, so here is Jesus and he's at the well and he sees the woman and he says, give me something to drink. She says, I, 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 I have nothing. You don't, I don't have nothing to drink. I can't give you nothing to drink. He said, listen, if you knew the gift of God. See, I love Jesus. He's bad boy. He, nobody can talk like that. He said, if you knew the gift, that's Jesus saying, if you knew the gift that was, I tell my wife all the time, Baby, if you knew the gift that was standing before you. And it don't work the same way. I'll just be honest with you. It don't have, it's never caught on too well. But I, Jesus said, if you knew the gift that was standing before you, you would ask me for water. And I would give you water that you would drink of and you would never thirst again. And she, uh, she said, well, what, you, how are you going to give me this water? She said, you ain't even got nothing to get the water with. And he said, I am. I am the water. I am the well. And he began to talk to her. And some people get this wrong. I've heard preachers get it twisted and make it think like he was reading her mail and that he was accusing her of wrong. She didn't need to be accused of wrong. She knew what she had done. Jesus, what Jesus was saying was he was telling her what she had done in her past and saying, with all that you've done, I know it all. And I still want to give you something to drink. He said, you've been married five times and the woman that you're, man that you're living with now is not your husband. And she said, I perceive that you are a prophet. And then she said, where shall we worship the Lord? Some say we should go over here. Some say we should go over there. And Jesus said, there is coming a day, ma'am, where you won't have to say, because see, see, she wasn't allowed to go worship because of her past. <laughs> Boy, I'm preaching. <laughs> she wasn't allowed to go to church. But Jesus said, things are about to change. Uh -huh. I'm so glad things have changed. He said, things are about to change. You ain't going, there's coming a day you're not going to have to worry about whether you should worship on this mountain or that mountain. There's coming a day when you will worship me in spirit and in truth. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. Nobody comes to God except through me. Quote, Jesus, you hear me? And then you know what she said? She got saved that day, by the way. And I got to pour these out. We'll get them back in just a minute. Now, she had her bucket to dip water. You know what happened? She forgot all about the water. She forgot all about her bucket. She got saved that day. And the Bible says she just dropped her bucket and took off into the crowd of people that didn't want anything to do with her. 
But listen, she didn't care what they thought anymore. She had had an experience with Jesus and they could bring up her past, but she knew she had a future with Jesus, uh, with a relationship with God, and one day heaven as her home. Hey, you know what she said? She said, can I get everybody's attention? She runs into the city. Come see a man who told me everything that I had ever done, yet he loved me anyway. Is this not the Christ, the Son of the living God? And I'm wondering, I'm wondering, when's the last time you said, come see a man? When's the last time you said, let me tell you, about Jesus. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to know all the scripture. You just got to be able to have a testimony that says when Jesus came, I was one way, but when he got through with me, I left another way. Come see a man. I wish somebody would help me preach. Let me ask you this this morning. Do you have a testimony? Has I'll ask again. Do you have a testimony? Has God delivered you from something to something out of something? Then you better open your mouth. There is no such thing as a closet Christian. And by the way, while every, and if you are one, Lately, everybody's been coming out of the closet. I would stress this this morning. If you are a closet Christian, why don't you join the crowd, come on out, and start letting people know that if you are lost in sin, you know a way. Jesus is the way. Somebody give God praise. Well, pastor, oh, pastor, pastor, listen. I live it, and I live it, and so I live it in such a way, pastor. See, these people, they'll talk condescending to your pastor like I'm dumb, and I'm not. I'm not the smartest, but I know how to survive. In school, I didn't make all the best grades, but I didn't work hard either. <laughs> you know, that's what I say. They say, well, look at all these grades I made. Well, look what I did. And I didn't do nothing, 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 nothing. Anyway, that ain't right, though. No, that ain't right. You should work hard, y'all. You should. I could go back. I'm not going into all that. Just laugh. Just laugh and get over it. Listen. Pastor, I don't have to tell anybody about Jesus. I just live it out in front of them. Okay. Boy, that's, that's weird. That's strange thinking. So you're telling me if there was a house on, your neighbor's house was on fire, Smoke bellowing out the windows that you would get out in front of the house and say, because <laughs> you're just living, you're not, your house ain't on fire, so you live like your house ain't on fire but you don't tell nobody that their house is on fire. Is that what you're saying? No, that's not what you do, is it? You wouldn't see somebody's house on fire and just go about your business and live like your house ain't on fire. No, if there was some, a family in there sleep and there's smoke bellowing out the windows and the fire is, on, the house is on fire, what would you do? You'd say, hey! Your house is on fire. You know what you'd do? You'd call folks. You'd call 911. You'd call family members. You'd knock on their door. You'd beat their door in if you could. Get out of the house. So you're telling me that 
When it comes to, I ain't talking about a house fire. I'm talking about a soul fire now and a forever eternity. You're telling me that you would just live in such a way that's going to make people want to come to Jesus. Friend, I'm telling you that's a crock of bull. You better live it, yeah, but you better be opening your mouth and telling people, hey, if you don't get right, There'll be a day when it's too late. Come see a man. Oh, live it. God, yes, live it. But tell it. What will God do when you got a life that's lived for God and a voice that won't be quiet for God? You got something. You got a revival that sweeps a community. And not just, hey, I ain't looking for a revival that just touches a church. I'm looking for a move of God that'll change a community, change a city, change a region, change a state, and change a world. But you got to start telling people about, you got to make Jesus famous. Okay. Not only do you make noise, make time, make disciples. Excuse me. I mess that all up. <laughs> make him famous, but you ought to make disciples. Matthew chapter 28, here's a command. Go. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you know what, Peter when he got out of the when he come from the upper room, he wasn't just living it. He preached. He told people. He made disciples. And some of you nations may be ooh, extreme. I don't know if I can make disciples in all nations. No, maybe not. But if you'll just take a left or a right out of your master bedroom, there's a, some, for some of you, you still got time. There's some short people that live in your house, that eat your food, that have to be chauffeured. They're your first disciple. Let me tell you something. I'm going to brag on my mama, my family. Since it's Mother's Day. My mama ain't perfect. I know that. Neither am I. Neither are you. Wouldn't stand up here and say that. But she raised us. All of my kids. She didn't back down. She didn't just tell us. She lived it. And she drug us to church. She made sure we were in church. But she also told us all about Jesus while we were at the house. And I'm telling you, it's because of her. If you think, well, you can blame her or you can praise her right now. Okay? Okay. <laughs> I'm your pastor today, big part because of her and the way she raised her children. I'll even go on to say this. You can blame her, you can praise her. That boy that's up here, that young punk that's up here with a hat on, you can blame her, praise her. That's her son as well. No, he's not my son. Quit saying that. I'm not that old. And let me tell you something else. And let me tell you something else. I got a sister who loves the Lord, who is saved, sanctified, and filled with the Spirit of God. And her husband's a pastor. And they've won many souls for the kingdom of God. And then I got a sister that lives out in the wilderness called Patterson, Georgia. And she loves the Lord. And she's sold out to God. And she sings the praises of the Lord every Sunday and every Wednesday. And I'm telling you why that's going on is because she showed us and told us how to live for God. You say, well, boy, y'all must think y'all something else. No, but I'm not what I used to be. Some of you say, well, I've served God, I've lived for God, and I've taught my children how to serve God and live for God, and they're not serving God, and they're not living for God. Well, just hold on, because God made a promise, and he said, if you raise up a child in the way they should go, in the end, they will not depart. So just keep on going. Keep on going. Listen, parents, now you may say, what credentials do you have to say this? 
you shouldn't be saying what you're about to say. Well, let me just tell you what my credentials are. I'm the pastor of this church. God called me to say what I'm about to say. He didn't call you to be the pastor. He called me to be the pastor. Number two, I got children of my own. Okay? And I'm learning how to go. So just take this for what it's worth. But you are not called, listen, parents, mama, daddy, you are not called to make memories with your children. You're called to make disciples. What do I mean by that? I mean, I love Disney World just like the next person. I love Mickey Mouse. I love Cinderella. And I love all the princesses. And I love that. That's great. Go over there. Eat with them if you want to. Go to the Magic Kingdom. All that stuff. I love it. It's magical. I've been. It's great. But let me tell you something. God didn't call you to make memories. You can spend all the money you got making memories. But let me tell you a memory you need to make, and you better get this settled down. How about the memory of you and your child kneeling beside the bed and you explaining to them the meaning of salvation and telling them if you want to get saved, all you got to do is call out on the Lord. Talking about a memory. My God, that's a memory that'll turn into a miracle. Well, that's a memory that'll turn into to a miracle. God's not called you to make memories. He's called you to make disciples. And let me say this as well. By the way, I'm slap all out. I'm slap out. Mothers, moms, I'm slap out of Mother's Day messages. I don't have one. I'm not good at that. That's not what God called me to do to preach around holidays. That don't mean nothing in heaven, by the way. It ain't no ain't Mother's Day in heaven today. It's not. The, the, he, don't, he don't have holidays today. It ain't, you say, well, what about Easter? It's Easter every day in heaven. Every day is the resurrection. They're reminded every day that Jesus died and he rose again because he's seated, seated at the right hand of God. So it's not Mother's Day. I don't have no Mother's Day message. But what I do have is a message for anyone who will listen. You are not called to make memories. Get your priorities right. You're called to make disciples. And your children will love you the more. They may not like you right now. It don't matter. One day they will love you. Give them Jesus. So we ought to, I'm going to go on now. Make some noise. Make some time. Make disciples. Here's what I want you to listen to. You got to make a choice. Did I tell you two people gave their lives to Jesus Christ today? Did I tell you that? Already? You got to make a choice, brother, sister, husband, wife. Some of you will put your feet in the ground. And you'll say, I'm not making a choice today. No, everybody makes a choice today. People will walk out of here and say, I made no choice today. You made a choice. What's the choice, Pastor? What are you talking about? It's the choice that Joshua made in chapter 24 when he said, for me and my house, we are going to serve, worship, the Lord. And I want to ask you, what about you? What about your house? Let me give you the gospel in a nutshell. Are you ready? Listen to me really good. When you were born into this world, I don't care who, was your, who your mother or father was, what that situation looked like, when you were born into this world, you had never committed a sin Yet you were born into sin. You were born a sinner. You know, and it's so in our face to, 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 to back that up with sure, sure evidence. If you go in that nursery today, which is right through that wall and then through my office and then there's a nursery. 
And there's a bunch of kids in there. You think this is rough today? You think hearing me preach today was rough? Try dealing with all those kids in there this morning. You'd come back in here and say, preach, preacher, preach, 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 my God. And you know what? My child's probably right in the mix of it. They say the preacher's kids are the worst, right? That's because they hang around all your kids. So, but they're in there. And you know what they're doing right now? If somebody ain't watching them real good, fighting over toys, tearing stuff up, pinching, biting, fighting. Listen, they'll call you if things get bad. Just hold on. They got to text you. You know what? I bet no parent in here taught their child. Hey, if that, if that toy, right, if there's one, one toy and the other kid wants it, let me tell you what you do now. When they go to get that toy, you just grab their arm and you just take a big chunk out of their arm. They'll give you that toy. Nobody taught their parent. Did you teach your children that? How about the first time your children lie? Did you teach them to lie? Did you say, hey, listen now, you're going to have to face some pressure in, in life. And there's some things that's just going to be best not to tell the truth. You just lie. You tell people what they want to hear. Anybody tell them, tell your children that? But guess what? They started lying, didn't they? They started telling little lies. And nobody taught them that. Why? Because that's who they are. They're little liars. And little... <laughs> They're, they are. They are. They're little liars and biters and fighters. They're jealous. They're dirty. <laughs> they are. Dirty little critters, my brother said over there. They're dirty. They're, yeah. You know why? Because they are born sinners. They're not a sinner because they sin. They sin because they are a sinner and they are born like that. I was, you were, we all were. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus. See, today, if you're not saved... You're a sinner. And with every breath and every heartbeat, you're a heartbeat and a breath closer to eternal damnation. That's a, hey, that's the in your face facts. And if I didn't tell you that, I would be a fraud today. But I'm telling you that is the facts. And you got to make a choice today. And will I stay a sinner? Or will I place my faith in Jesus? You say, well, place your faith in Jesus. Does that make you saved? That's what the Bible says. For God gave his son. and Whosoever believes on him will not die, but have everlasting life. Hey, I, got, I told you, Judah, I told you about Judah. He's two and a half years old. Today you'll see him. He's got a cool little outfit on. He's got a hat on. And it says, Judah cross his hat now, I'll tell you this I'll be honest with you I would lay my life down for my wife I would from some of y'all and I said this I think a couple weeks ago for in the heat of the moment <laughs> I'd probably lay my life down for y'all too but not if I had a lot of time to think about it <laughs> <laughs> Okay, sorry, it's just the truth. Uh, I'd want to, though, trust me, I'd want to. Now, with that being said, I'd lay my life down for my child. But with that being said, there ain't nobody. I don't even know if I could do it for my wife. Lay my son's life down for you. But God demonstrated his love in this manner that while I was yet a sinner, he gave me his son to die for me. 
He who knew no sin then becoming sin so that I could become the righteousness of God. God giving his son who knew no sin to take us from a sinner to a saint, not with a class, not with a program, and a, and a this step and that step and that step, it's one step. Come unto me, all you who are thirsty, all you who are weary and heavy laden and, and burdened down, come unto me. It's just one step, a step to him. How do I make this step? You recognize the fact that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. So you got now to make a choice. And here's my last point. You got to make a choice and you got to make it now. Stand with me all across the building. I'd ask you to give me five more minutes if you could fit it in your schedule. Malachi, if you come for just a second. I just believe somebody might make a decision that'll change their lives forever. Can I ask you not to get jaded by the moment for just a second and remember when the Lord saved you? Look at me. Do you remember when God saved you? You know, softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. It don't matter. Play whatever you want to play. Do you remember when you got saved? That's what's about to happen right now. So go ahead and get where you got to get now and just be still. This is life or death. This morning, if you recognize the fact that you're a sinner, you need Jesus. Go ahead. I'm going to do exactly what I've done in the second service, because the first service, because I, I don't feel any different. I want everybody to bow their head right now. You got to make a choice today, and you got to make one now. And I just gave you the gospel, and it is the power of God unto salvation. If you are a sinner and you need to be saved today, if things aren't right between you and the Lord, I told people this morning, I said, just, if you're not saved, and I'm not talking about, hear me now, a soothing faith. I'm talking about a saving faith. A faith that will save you and change the way you live and the way you walk and the way you talk. If you don't know Jesus today, all across this building, forget about who's next to you. Forget about what's going on. Forget about any distraction. And I told the people, I said, if you're not saved and you want to be saved, just lift your hand. And you know what I told them? I said, I believe by faith today that as you lift your hand, Jesus is reaching down and grabbing your hand today. Do you believe that? With everything in my heart, with all of my being. So right now, I'm going to ask you. Ain't nobody looking right now. This is between you and God. And really, it don't matter if the whole world was looking at you right now. This is a life or death situation. You got to make a choice. So right now, I'm going to ask you, if you're not saved, and this is the greatest miracle of salvation is the greatest miracle in the world. So right now, I want to ask you all across this building, if you're not saved and you want to get saved, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not calling you out to the front today or anything like that. I just want to know who to pray for and how to pray. You say, Pastor, I, I, I need Jesus in my life. If that's you, lift your hand all across this building right now. I see that hand right there. Come on, lift it high. I see that hand over here, right here. Anybody else? There's a hand back here. Get a card. Get a card. 
Anybody else? They're going to slip a card in your hand. There's two hands right here. Two hands right back here. Right here. If you didn't get a card, raise it high. Raise it high. A card, hand all the way in the back. Way back here, raise it, sir. Raise it, sir. Raise it up high. They want to hand you a card, raise it. Anybody else? Did they get a card? Okay. Anybody else? I want to receive Jesus today. Anybody else? Now I want everybody to look at me. Everybody look at me now. You just made a decision. You made a choice. Now what I'm going to ask you to do now, we're all going to do together. We're going to pray. The Bible says, if you pray and you believe, if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Christ raised, God raised Jesus from the dead, you are saved. I believe when you raised your hand just then, God raised your hand. Now this is what we're going to do. You had enough courage and boldness to raise your hand. I want everybody in this building to lift both hands to the Lord today. And we're going to go to God in prayer right now. And if you raised your hand, pray this with everybody today. And if you believe it, you are saved. Are you ready? Let's pray. Say, Lord, Lord, here I am. am. I heard the word. word. I'm a sinner. I need you. Forgive me of my sins. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again for me. I receive your grace. I receive your love. I receive your mercy. I acknowledge that you're my God, that you're my King. And now I'm going to live for you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. And I believe without a doubt that I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.